0: Let's take Neck Mmm, y'all hear what I say Let's take Neck For your mother and your brother We're gonna hear from Eric and Devontae. It's strange times and these are strange days And it's strange people living strange ways So expect Let's take Neck Welcome back to Less Tech More Nick. I'm Devonte, And this is Eric. Tonight's episode is going to be a little bit different, a little bit off of the norm. We're going to talk about Eric's favorite topic besides <laughs> pussy. Ha ha ha. Very funny. We're going to talk, <laughs> <laughs> going to talk about <laughs> finances. This was Eric's idea. Eric thinks that everybody needs a lesson in finances. And I heavily agree because I think most of us aren't taught finances at all growing up. We're not given that opportunity.
1: And it's funny because, you know, I'm bringing up because honestly, I wasn't taught it either, but I observed what, like how it worked around me. And I think actually that's, so it was a learned trait from observing the people around me as I grew up because I grew up in an affluent area in Denver. So... Do I remember my parents talking to me about like, oh, don't get into credit card debt and like just even anything about investing or anything? Honestly, no. I think I just watched what they did and they were very frugal. I knew they saved a lot of money. I knew they put money in the stock market. But, you know, watching them do that, you know, drive cheap cars, not take out car loans. So I would say it was much more learned than it was taught. I don't know about for you. I
0: think what that sounds like to me is like, you know, how a baby is born and the way they learn to talk, the way we learn to talk is from just observing and listening to whoever we're around. It's like, that's how we all know the language we know. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what happened to you. It's not something that truly had to be taught to you. Mm-hmm. You just observed it. No. Yeah. For me, I didn't grow up with any of that around me, you know, a single mother. So I just seen a lot of struggle. Most people around me didn't really have that much money. I didn't really notice people who had what I thought at the time was a lot of money until I got probably to high school. When I started hanging out with a couple of upperclassmen and one of my best friends, his his house was really nice. I remember I, he picked me up off of the street one time because I was walking. Me and my little brother, were we were walking to go somewhere. I don't remember what we were doing. I think we were going to the park with, with Lane. And he passed by and he was like, hey, you guys want to ride? I was like, yeah, because it started storming. And he picked me up in his truck. He was a sophomore in high school. And we went to his house. I was like, God damn. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? I didn't didn't say anything out loud. Did he live in the same town as you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Uh, lived in, we lived in the same town. And I walked in that bitch. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it wasn't like a massive house by any means. But from what I'm used to, it was fucking, it was huge. And he was like, yeah, my dad built on all of this. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, man, y'all niggas got money. (laughs) Even though they may not have that much money. Well, you didn't see that till high school. No, 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 no. My best friend Lane, he grew up very similar to me. Like we didn't have, we didn't have much at all. So, I mean, not a lot of people were allowed to actually come over to my place. Personally, I didn't let a lot of, unless you were like a really, really good friend of mine, you were not allowed to see how I lived. And it wasn't embarrassment for myself. And I wasn't embarrassed for my mom. I just didn't want anyone making fun of how I grew up because my mom was busting her fucking ass for us to not have a whole lot. You know, my brother said she busted her ass for us to have a little, and for her to have nothing, and that's an absolute fact. That's the smartest thing my brothers ever <laughs> fucking said to me. So yeah, I didn't grow up seeing anything like you did. But your mom owned her house, so she no. didn't own the house. Oh, no, no, she no. didn't own the house. Okay. No, no, no. So growing up, no, I didn't live in just one. I didn't live in just one place. Okay. We we lived in Section Eight until I was, I think six. Hmm. I lived in Section Eight until I was six. That's the first place I remember living. Then we moved to another uh, actual house. We lived there until I was about 10-ish, I believe. Then we moved to another place and we lived there for a year. Moved to an apartment where I lived right next to one of my other best friends. Lived there for a year. Then my biological grandmother owned a, a trailer and she let us move in there. And there was a whole bunch of bullshit that happened there. She ended up kicking us out. Biological grandmother was not a good person. She ended up kicking us out, and then we didn't really have anywhere to go for a little bit. So we kind of just like crashed at, I kind of crashed at like one of my best friend's houses for a while, my brother and I. And then we found a place, another apartment where we lived from my eighth grade year up until about my senior year in high school. Senior year in high school, we moved into the place where my mom now currently lives in the house she is now finally buying. She, she is, is currently buying it now. Okay. Like rent own type thing or something? Yeah, like I else. believe
1: so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you were in eighth grade, what year was that? Two thousand nine. Okay, as a freshman, two thousand ten. <laughs> Did you have any idea what was happening in our broader kind of economy with the housing market crash? It was just survival. You guys were just like, "Well, I just- knew,
0: yeah, I knew that we were not making money. <laughs> I knew that." Did your mom lose her job during that time? Two thousand seven to eight. No, nope. nine. Okay. No. Nope. No, she didn't.
1: But um, you had no idea or she never talked about, oh, my God, like, you know, financial markets are collapsing, the housing market's collapsing, like, Mm -hmm. what happened with irresponsible lending? Do you know today kind of what happened? Slightly. I mean, I don't really go back and look at that. Kind of more focused on what's going on now. Well, I do, you know, it's, it's an interesting part of history because it, so at that time when you were in eighth grade, I would have been in college. No, I would have been going to college. So I remember my parents paid for my school and my first year in the dorms. So I didn't, I knew what was happening because of kind of probably some things they talked about. But at that point I just hated school. I didn't, I was that privileged kid getting paid for, for school where I was just, you know, super shy. I looked so young, you know, I was, I was just hating on myself, I would say, not recognizing the privilege I had of like, your school is like, while you're struggling, a guy I would meet, you know, 14 years later, I was so worried about, oh, I didn't look good enough. Or I was fucking, I just was a loser, you know, or I really believe that. Knowing it's like, man, dude, it's like you're going through a recession, literally, and your parents are paying for not only your school, but your housing as well and you're just like hating on it. It's it's interesting, you know, that was my response. Now, so this is 2008, you know, financial collapse, all the responsible lending housing market crashes. In 2009, my parents were like, hey, you could rent, you know, we'll pay for your rent, or you can put some money in and we'll help you buy a, a condo. And I was like, oh, okay, because prices had been basically collapsed. And it was like, they cut the interest rates to zero. And, uh, and it really wasn't even either of our money. I forgot what the program was, but they used me as a first time home buyer, essentially to get 20 grand from the government. They're trying to stimulate the economy. So I got the down payment. It was a hundred grand for a two bed, two bath condo near CSU with a garage. You know, you can't even get a trailer for that here now. Fuck, no. Than $20,000 from the government. So that was probably my first introduction to real financial education, I would say, where I was like, oh, okay. So the government's giving money for free. I'll rent out a room, which literally covered my mortgage all the way through school. So instead of paying rent, I had a roommate pay my mortgage. Mm-hmm. But if, my, if I didn't have my parents, I, I wouldn't have known about that program. You know, like you had no idea, obviously you would have been in high school at this time, Mm -hmm. that your mom could have gone out and got free money basically to buy a house. I don't think she knew that. Well, that's what what I was going to say is I don't think she knew that. And so what they also did during that time, which has only set, you know, someone like you, yourself or your mom or your brother so far behind is they started printing money egregiously. So in order to keep the system afloat, you know, keep everyone working keep everything as it is. They had to bail out these huge banks, which means they printed, it wasn't COVID amount of money, but it was over a trillion dollars. It might've been $2 trillion. And they basically bailed out these financial institutions and made all these poor loans. And, and that's what created basically hyperinflation since 2008, 2009, something that you know they don't really talk about, but they lowered interest rates to zero. They've been more or less at zero you know, for the last 14 years until now, obviously recently, you know, I learned it's like, oh, if you borrow money and have people pay off your assets, you can make a lot of money. You know, simultaneously, I would argue 80% of the population probably had no idea what was going on. And just we were working to pay rent, working to make a paycheck, not understanding that it's like their dollar was being eroded away so fast. Then obviously, COVID was the most egregious thing that the government's ever done. Six trillion dollars of money giving it to basically blanketing the economy, giving it to businesses, whether they needed it or not. It, it fucked you guys. I mean, these houses, so I live in this pretty old neighborhood, you know, 70s houses in the middle of Fort Collins. Both houses up the street for me. You know, these are not big houses. You know, 1,900 to 2,500 square feet are under contract for almost three quarters of a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And it's not people think, wow, like that's crazy. Look at the real estate appreciate. It's like, mm, no, it's more that your dollar has just been cut away to nothing because you print more of something. You keep the borrowing rate at nothing. You're going to basically decrease the the value of each dollar every individual has, which for financially uneducated people, that's who it hurts,
0: you know. and They um, don't teach any of this in school at all. There's not one bit of this I've ever...
1: And they don't teach it, you know, I went to Cherry Creek High School, very affluent school,
0: went to school with John Alway's kid. They don't teach it in in any school, I don't no, think. I think that's a severe problem. Yeah, no. Because you had to you really had to learn from viewing other people doing this. Mm-hmm. Which it's really about where you're at in life, where you're planted in life that gives you better opportunities. For you, you got to see you get to be around all these successful, wealthy people. Where mm-hmm. I was around blue collar. People who are working construction, fucking coal mining, working at a fucking restaurants and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And all I seen truly was like
1: struggle. And that's the ironic part is that it's, and I think this is funny about both of us, is that, of course, I, I've been running away from where I grew up since I was 18. Mm-hmm. Because what did I see? All these rich people, mm-hmm. they struggled, man you know, my neighbor. Different, yeah. exactly. It was a different type of struggle, but it was it was interesting. Oh, I had a neighbor that had a Ferrari, you know, nice guy. And as far as I knew, he loved his life. I don't know why he lived next to us. I didn't live in that nice of a neighborhood. He just, I think, again, was cheap and didn't want to live in a super expensive neighborhood. But I remember he asked if, My parents would store his Ferrari for him because we had a three car garage and my parents are like, no, we got kids. And like, that's the last thing we need is, you know, one of, you know, Eric going out there and fucking with this thing. (laughs) So... And then obviously my neighbor to the other side, you know, he had a nice Jaguar. He was a heart surgeon. And, you know, I think I've said this before is, you know, he literally left his family. He just went up one day and drove away. And, you know, I, I would watch and view my other parents or my other friend's parents. And, you know, it was interesting, you know, a lot of divorces, a lot of turmoil, a lot of drinking, a lot of really interesting behavior. And of course, you know, these were some of my parents or my friend's parents had, you no know, multi-million dollar homes. And these are, this is back in the early 2000s. So these homes are probably five to $10 million now. It, and it just, it kind of question everything. I'm like, huh, like people, everyone's like competing to be these people essentially. And all I see is these people are like, that are fucked up. And I know I'm not the only one. I think a couple of my friends that I went to high school with, you know, we are more blue collar, you know, I'm a personal trainer. I work on cars and sell them. You know, we all are financially educated because of how we grew up. So we have blue collar jobs and we have money just because mm-hmm. we know how to save and, and manage our, our finances but we almost yeah, ran away from what we grew up with. Maybe not running away. You just see like, oh, people struggle doing that. And then of course, you know, I've always worked since I was 14. You know, my parents definitely made me appreciate the value of money. And, you know, I've done all kinds of crazy jobs making minimum wage. And I saw, I'm like, man, these people seem to, they struggle, but their struggles are simpler than someone that's very wealthy.
0: It's interesting because, okay, growing up, all of my friends, you know, we all, we all struggled. So it's not anything like it was ever weird to go to anybody's house and, not see any food or anything like that. It was completely normal. Like I never went over to, I never went over to a friend's house and was like, just went immediately to the refrigerator. (laughs) And the same, same with my other friends. Like if they came over, they never immediately went to the refrigerator. They never did anything like that. We just kind of sat down in my room or their rooms and played video games. So it was normal seeing how these people were living because they all lived similar to me and we never really talked about it. But then when when I got to high school, I had more friends. I was hanging up hanging out with the upperclassmen. And the people I was actually hanging out with, I met them through sports, all of them. The people I was hanging out with had significantly more money than what I had and what my other friends had. And so I started hanging out with them. I'd hang out with them every weekend. we go to some of their places, and their houses are like massive. Like over here, those houses would be like a million-dollar houses. Back home in Illinois, they're not million-dollar fucking houses. <laughs> but I, I remember going to this one girl's house, who I had a crush on back then. And so I was like super stoked to fucking go hang out with her. And she was part of our friend group, so it was all dope. And we'd go over there almost every weekend. And this was a place where we would have like bonfires and shit. Like it was kind of tucked away. Massive fucking house. Her dad owned a construction company, so he definitely had fucking bank. I remember going in there and taking our shoes off. And this house was massive. And I walk in, it had a fucking intercom in the house. And this was like my first real experience of like wealth and to me, all of their lives seemed much more stable and better. Like their problems, they didn't seem like they had any problems. Like these kids, because I didn't I didn't really talk to the parents, mm-hmm. right? I stuck around the kids and all of the kids, I say the kids, we were all the same fucking age. All of them seemed like they had it really well. They didn't struggle for anything. They would ask for shit and they would get it. Like the parents were there if we had a party. Bought fucking pizza And everything for us And I was like Holy fucking shit Like these people Got it fucking good Hmm. Like there's no They have no Struggles at all And so in my head I'm like Damn that's what I fucking want Hmm. I want this When I'm older I don't want fucking struggles Again I didn't Pay attention to any of their Personal struggles Because I only knew of Broke personal struggles I have (laughs) no idea what the fuck They were going through And then for you You got to see the Exact opposite in a way Yeah No Um, that is very true Yeah literally. Because I didn't
1: see, like, the people I went to work with, I, like, empathized with, them. damn, these are, like, single moms. And, you know, people making minimum wage that are in their 30s, 40s. -hmm. Like, just, you know, kind of average working people. And, you know, they were very friendly. And, you know, they talk about their families. And, you know, they didn't travel like me and my friends did. They just had much simpler lives. So I was like, oh, simple seemed, like, better to me because of the turmoil I got to see being really, like, you know, every house I went to was one of those nice houses. It was... Nice houses, nice cars. You know, even the the kids I went to school with. I mean, kids would show up in Range Rovers, and you know, I mean, this is the the most affluent part of Denver that I grew up in.
0: For those (laughs) who want to know how how rich this neighborhood was, you graduated with John Elway's son. Yeah, that's how rich this neighborhood was. Okay, if you don't know anything about Cherry Creek, look it up. No, it's very bougie. It's
1: well, and it's kind of Greenwood Village, Cherry Hills. Like that's Greenwood Village, Cherry Hills is more. It's like further. I mean, Cherry Creek too. I, all of South Denver it doesn't matter. Lone Tree. Like, I mean, it's it's grown so much the last fourteen years. I haven't been there, but it's yeah, big money down there. So sure.
0: uh, okay, you grew up. You got kids who are driving fucking Range Rovers and shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, for me growing up, I we never bought. I never bought new clothes. We never had like she would try. My mom would try on occasions, but it was, I was like you know like use this money for better. So all the clothes that I got were from all sporting events. They're either sporting events or old clothes I had from way back when that I had to just make fit. I never wore jeans. I used to wear fucking slippers to fucking school. <laughs> and people thought I was weird because I wore slippers at school. It was more because I had one pair of fucking shoes and I was not going to fuck them up. And then whenever I would get a new pair of shoes, they were just my basketball shoes from the previous year. Because for basketball, we always got new shoes. So all my shirts were all track invitationals, basketball invitationals, team of the week for football, football team shirts. Same with, like, all my sweats. All my sweats were from basketball team, track team. I mean, that's how it was for me growing up. And all my mom's clothes, she would, to this day, I always tell people my mom's very different than other mothers. She still wears, like... One of my hoodies from high school and then a pair of jeans. And she just recently bought a fucking $40 pair of shoes and bragged about it. And I was like, all right, mom, you stunting now. (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's how simple, that's how hard we grew up. Mm -hmm. But also how simple my mother is where she doesn't, you ever see my mom? My mom never dresses up. She don't give a fuck. She'll put on makeup. But she's not, she's not one of these people that get dressed up and go do nothing. Her ass is going to work early as fuck in the morning, coming home later at night. She's probably sitting at home doing her little fucking, she does a little dot art type oh, of shit. Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. That was my mom's life. It was provide for the kids. If she didn't eat, she didn't eat. Hmm. And she never complained about it either, which is fucking crazy. So my mom used to be, when I was younger, she used to be bigger. And then I noticed later on in life, I was like, damn, she lost a lot of fucking weight. Like My mom's extremely skinny. And I think she's just gotten so used to, like, not eating to provide for us to make sure that we ate. But, I mean, there was definitely times where we didn't have A.C. during the middle of the summer. And if anybody knows anything about southern Illinois, humidity is hot as a bitch over there. And not having heat or not having A.C., miserable, absolutely miserable. To this day, I still hate sleeping. (laughs) If it's wintertime, I got the fucking fan on me still. I refuse to go to sleep hot. We just didn't have anything. I remember we got kicked out of a house once. And I hope hope my mom's okay with me saying this. But I was young and she didn't know that I knew that we were getting kicked out. She told me that they were going to knock the house down. Mm -hmm. And she says to this day, oh, that's what they told her. Mm, I don't know, mother. But I was like, something's not right about this. They're going to knock the house down. And I remember playing a game. People came in the house looking at the house like a family. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if they're knocking the house down, why is somebody coming here looking at it? There's no, I never told my mom that I knew what was happening. Just played along with it. Didn't want to make her feel bad. But that's kind of, that's, I don't know if people know how, how tough it was, but I also don't like complaining about it because there's other people out there that had it much worse than I did.
1: Very self-aware to recognize that too. Very interesting though. I mean, like, cause how you grew up is how my mom grew up. Mm-hmm. And again, you're striving to be where my mom's at. Correct. You know. So it's interesting that you know, obviously when my mom, you know, she was born in nineteen fifty-nine, when she went to undergrad and law school, it was way cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have this insane like hyperinflation more or less. Everything was cheaper back then. And not to discount what my mom did. She worked her ass off, but you know, the bar was definitely lower for people to cross. For sure. Now with how expensive everything was without a little leg up, it is really tough. I mean, fuck, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Especially in desirable areas. If you want to live like obviously California, Colorado, like, you know, any fuck East coast or West coast, the life, you know, that you saw with your, your rich friends and you're like, Oh shit, look at these people. They don't have any struggles. They have nice homes and all these things. And you know, I'm sure my mom saw that, too, being lit, growing up in the Bay Area. She grew up in Oakland, you know, bullets going through the window. But, you know, then there's, you know, million dollar homes in the same area, especially when you go across the bridge, at, you know, in the 60s and 70s. So I'm sure she saw that and was like, well, that's where I want to be, too. And she did. She she made it there, you know, both my parents. And then they obviously had two kids and they were able to provide for them. But I think because my mom, you know, struggled so much, she was so paranoid about making sure like we got to school. And, you know, I think that actually, you know, to not to my sister's or I's benefit, honestly, I think, you know, for my son, I don't know how much I'm going to help him. It, he's going to get it out the muck a lot more because, I didn't appreciate school. I was just going through the motions because it's like, this is what you need to do. Call like undergrad, master's, doctorate, like you just the highest level education. Education is everything. It's not bad. It's not everything, though. And when you have no skin in the game, like I had no skin in the game for my undergrad. I had to pay for my master's, but, you know, not undergrad. It's like you... It doesn't. It doesn't feel as real. And honestly, even getting my master's, you know, I I just went through it because I thought that's what we were supposed to do. You know, even fucking paying for it, I was like, yeah, this is this will make my life better somehow. And it's like that's a fucking lie for sure. Most things I've created, it was through not through school. It, It helped me get my foot in the door to meet the right people for sure. But school itself, you know, I didn't. I did learn things, but that's not how I learned, learned about life, like the real important stuff about, you know, a capitalist system, how it runs, all of that. So, you know, for my son, I mean, he's going to get out, like, he's going to be really getting it out the muck a lot more. And I'm going to tell him, like, look, you, you will actually struggle less long-term because your dad is a good example of what happens when, oh, you figure out we can just borrow money cheap and have fun with your life. I mean, that's what I was doing when my son was made, when you know, all, most of my behavior in my twenties. So yeah, not bad. You know, I get, we live in this free society. It was driven by technology, cheap money, whatever it, in hindsight, it's like, I wouldn't have behaved that way if I didn't have, if I was paying back my undergrad and like, I, I would, would have been much more cautious about how I was living. I wouldn't have not been going to the bars and all that if I had more debt, like student debt and stuff like that.
0: So you said, you told me one time that you worked at a laundromat. Mm -hmm. Is that right? So when you got around people who are making minimum wage. Did you ever did you ever hang out with these people? And if you did hang out with them, how did you feel whenever you were around them? I I hung
1: out with people from the city when I worked like doing landscaping and stuff like that. But that was kind of a mixed bag of blue collar workers. And then there's kids like me, you know, that lived in that area that just had to have summer jobs. So it was kind of more of a mixed bag, but People I worked with, like at the dog kennel, the laundromat, I never hung out with them
0: outside of, of,
1: outside of work, so.
0: How did you feel around them whenever you were at work with them? Did you, at that time, did you think any less of them,
1: or? No, I actually thought, uh, they're people I really got along with, you know, I just, you know, I learned how to, of like, how to get by making that little. I mean, that's what that taught me, honestly. It's like, oh, you can get by by not making that much. Obviously, if you keep your expenses real low, like no marriage, no kids. Well, until now, um, it's like, oh, you don't need that much money. You know, borrow money cheap, make money passively. I would say I actually learned that from working with people making minimum wage because I saw that it's like, oh, you can get by. Again, a lot of these people would not make smart decisions. I think I just use my education and knowledge from my parents along with their knowledge to, I mean, again, your experiences in life make you. I know I'm at where I'm at because of a combination of both. And that's where it's important just to be present with who you are in the moment. You know, what we what we always talk about here. But how important it is to, I mean, manage your finances. Because it seems like unless there's some crazy social unrest, this capitalist system is going to keep running. And we're living in like this hyperinflation really since 2009, mm. 2008, 2009.
0: I think most of the people who struggle today, for the most part, not everybody, but for the most part, it's generational. Like all we see are people who are just working, busting their ass to just pay their bills. And like that's kind of what we're taught is just fucking just work, bust your ass. But no one ever teaches you the power of networking, getting to know people, making the right connections. And that's something I had to learn. For me, to get where I'm at currently, which isn't major success, but it's more success than what I've had previous years. It's all been through getting to know people, networking. Like the amount of people I know now is kind of Kind of crazy who I know in like different industries and shit like that. That's like the number one thing that I teach anybody. The thing thing I try to tell my brother is like just use connections. It's not really so much about what you know. <laughs> it's really about who you know because they can always put you in a better position because they might know somebody that knows somebody. And that becomes a trickle effect, a domino effect in a positive way.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And it's, that's where I'm at. And I think whenever I ask you how did you feel – around blue-collar people, Mm -hmm. people who make significantly, probably less than, much less than what your parents did and how you grew up. How I grew up perceiving people, how they perceived me, was that I was scum. I wasn't shit. They always thought less of me, which is another big reason why I didn't let people see me how I lived because I didn't want them thinking that I was less than them, and I I didn't want that because I never... But this is what I feel a lot of... Us kids who grew up not having anything, think of people who have significantly more than what we did. We feel as if they think they are superior than us.
1: I would say it depends on the person. I think you know me well enough that I don't think that way. Yeah. Obviously, you know, not, yeah, someone the amount of money they have doesn't impress me. It's who they are as people for sure. But, but you were
0: you were younger and not really. You're not. You weren't who you are now with mm-hmm. the mind you had then. You grew up with it. So that's why I was asking back then, did you feel as if you thought that you were better than them at all? Oh, mm -mm. no, I, oh God. I mean, honestly,
1: because, you know, as I've told you guys already, uh, growing up biracial, like I hated myself so much. I was like, you know this weird looking creature and like this super white affluent area. And I was like, Ew. like I just, I hated down so hard on myself. I didn't even think that anyone was under me or anything else. I thought no one could be under me. Cause I was like a freak basically. That was my real perception of who I am.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause I, <laughs> I was kind of the opposite of you. I always thought I was like different because mm-hmm. I look different than my mom. I looked different than my dad, but I always like enjoyed it. I've mm-hmm. always loved looking completely different. People think I'm Puerto Rican. People think <laughs> I'm uh, Middle Eastern. People think I'm Hawaiian, Samoan. I love it. I've always liked it.
1: It's Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's... Because I've I always liked that,
0: being huh? different than people. But I also thought that I was looked down upon for how I was being brought up with not having money and not having like new clothes or anything like that never going on trips i remember i would sit down and this was like one of my personal hills like usually people are like oh i hated when you have to introduce yourself to the class didn't care for that didn't bother me it was what did you do this summer everybody was like oh we went to florida we went overseas blah, blah fucking blah and mine was yeah i didn't didn't do anything hmm. and like hearing people we're actually going on like Disney trips and Disney cruises and like doing all these fun things and hear my teacher say, Oh yeah, I took my kids to Disney. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like people are actually out here doing this. And I was like, (laughs) I feel like shit because I'm not doing anything.
1: That's so funny. Yeah. Cause then I've had the opportunity to travel the world that I've turned down and I've been to a lot of places, but by the time I was 16, I was like, I'm like, I'm not paying for this. I learned how expensive the trips were at that point I was making minimum wage. And I was like, holy shit, these trips are outrageous. And not my, obviously my parents could afford it, but I was like, it just didn't feel right. You know, I mean, my jobs really taught me that, or at least made that perception of that for me. You know, my, my perception is pretty unique. You know, I got a buddy in Wyoming, very similar. He worked blue collar jobs in high school. Parents, basically the same affluence as my parents. And he's the same way, you know, he's uh he was ranching, basically working for CSU in Wyoming. Now he works for the state, but you know he basically lives in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. Very good with his hands, super blue collar. So I'm sure that our perception of wow, it's hard to make money. You know, we like working with our hands. We're, we're not really tech people. Obviously, I think he's more interested in things. I'm more interested in people. But you know, more or less, we've we've had the same kind of lives growing up. And, you know, I, me or him would never look down on someone, but I would say some of the people we went to school with, it's not that they they look down on people that work in the service industry or don't make as much money. It's, I think, if they're invisible to them. It's like they're just invisible. Yeah. It's like you're no different than a plant or something. Like the guy picking up the trash. It's like, or the guy
0: driving the truck. In my mind, that's yeah. being looked down on. Yeah. Invisible, yeah. And yeah, I, exa- yeah. I can speak for... Majority of people who are like me, that's it's, being looked down yeah. on. Yeah.
1: Well, and again, I, because again, I know some people are rude about it and some people aren't. Like some people can show empathy or respect for what someone's doing, but you're right, the idea that these people are invisible. That that is probably the real perception, especially of people that are growing up with generational wealth mm-hmm. that really have no concept or touch. And again, I've I've trained some you know very affluent people or their kids. It, it depends on how they're raised. It really does, honestly, because they're very nice people for the most part. I think a lot of times it doesn't click with them. Sometimes how much they have compared to someone else. Mm-hmm. So. Again, this is such a small percentage of the population. Most people I'm meeting are coming up yeah. from nothing. I mean, that's the average
0: person. That's so. the average person. I'll say that growing up not traveling or anything like that, I never I never looked down on my mom for that because I knew she would love to have taken us on trips and shit. I just knew she couldn't. But, I mean, I felt like shit because <laughs> everybody else was doing it. like, oh, yeah uh, we're, we were doing this. And I, I became a, a loner. Very quickly. And so in my life now, I make sure I make a point to travel as much as possible, which for you, you may think is kind of stupid sometimes because I'm buying fucking plane tickets <laughs> and I'm doing like Airbnbs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's because I refuse to not travel now because I'm a grown man yeah. and I'm actually able to do these things. Anything mm-hmm. I've done in my life has been on my own, oh. like going to my first baseball game, going to my first NBA game. Like, all that I did with my own money I did as a grown-ass man because we couldn't do it as a kid. So, yeah, I'm going to spend my money occasionally on doing that. But traveling, for sure, I'm going to spend my money on. And Because my mom hasn't been anywhere. She hasn't been. We used to go to Colorado every now and then because my mom was born in Colorado and my grandparents still live up in Walden. And so every now and then we would go up there. And that's driving from Illinois through St. Louis through Kansas. We would stop in Kansas and, like, Salina, Kansas because it's halfway from here to there. And then we'd finish up and go over here. Other than that, didn't go anywhere, ever. And then we stopped going to Colorado when I was like 10. And so I didn't travel until I was 18. Went with my boys to Panama City Beach, Florida. And then I moved to Colorado. And then I've been doing little weekend trips here and there. But that's just because growing up, I couldn't and I wouldn't no, do it. No, I believe in that. And I pushed my mom <laughs> so heavily. Like, mom, you need to go travel and go do stuff. But that's just because of like, and I think that's awesome.
1: And so where this is where I would want to be at. So again, I enjoy traveling too. Now I travel differently. I drive around the country, mountain bike, dirt bike, less dirt biking today, mountain biking. Obviously now it's going to be more traveling with my son doing things. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be always in a position where I could afford to do it, where it's like, all right, this is such a small fraction of my net worth that... I can withstand bullets coming my way. It's like, if I need to pay, you know, can't pay my mortgage for several months, I'll be able to do that. I want to be able to have, you know, a medical emergency, something like that. Obviously, I wasn't planning on having a kid, but it's nice being prepared for that, being like, oh, I'm in a financial position where I can actually take care of a kid. You know, I think that's where everyone, men or women, I think it's really important for men that you be in that position. You know, I do plan on traveling this year. Hopefully, you know, we need to get out and see Patrick for sure in San Diego. I'm sure I'll take my son probably to Florida this year. We'll probably, I go to Disney World, stuff like that. Now it's going to be a lot of what my traveling centered Dude, around now. So one
0: hundred percent. Now thinking about your son uh. and how he's growing up right now. Yeah, is how is how I grew up. Oh yeah. And like, it's a great position for him to have you in his life now, it's because like now he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to do what I did. You know, mm-hmm. he's able to actually do some of that shit, which is going to be fantastic for him.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a balance. I think I like what my parents provided me, but, and this is a caution to parents that do do a lot for their kids is I think a lot of affluent parents are doing too much for their kids now. It's like, you got to get them, especially because the world's so easy now, you got to make them get it out the muck a little more. Doesn't have to be completely, but a lot more than especially what wealthy parents can provide
0: their kids. They just have to try. I talked, that lady, yeah. that lady that I talked to today, super mm-hmm. sweet lady, we had a conversation for an hour and a half and we talked about this mm-hmm. and it was, she was, she, cause she got to a, a point where she could provide for her kids mm-hmm. and she could help them out. But she told them, if you're in a situation, as long as you try mm-hmm. to get out of there, you are actively trying to do something on your own. And if you really can't. Then yeah, I'll yeah, I'll yeah, yeah, in. yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And my but parents do that. Yeah. 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 It's seeing mm-hmm. that they're actively trying mm-hmm. and they're not just relying on you.
1: Yeah. And that's me. And that's my life. It's but there's different levels of how much, you know, I think especially, you know, I think paying, getting my school paid for. I know I like harp on that so much, but it's like that is that was ridiculous. I mean, doubt my son will go to college, honestly, like at least a traditional four year college. It's a fucking waste. Unless you're going for something very specific, he could go, but it will be it's going to be like, well, you remember you're paying for part of this. So make sure you can get a job where you can make some decent money. Because then, yeah, in the long run, that will help them mm-hmm. for sure. So I ain't attest to that.
0: <laughs> I would I would say for people who want to travel with their excuses, oh, I can't, I can't go. I don't have that much money. Well, it's like if you got, if you got your bills paid for, book a weekend, just three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, come back Sunday type of thing. It's not that much money. For most people, I promise you, you can find a very cheap place. This is what I do. I haven't taken a vacation, like a traditional vacation, in three, four years. Because, one, I'm not going to take that much time off work. (laughs) Two, what's taking off, for me anyway, what's taking off a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where I get to go travel somewhere else for relatively cheap and almost spend nothing for a couple days for an actual experience. And then Monday, I go back to fucking work. And I work again for a whole another month straight. And then the next month, take another weekend trip somewhere else. It's quick. You don't take that much time off of work. Plus, you build up a shit ton of vacation time, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, for most people that have you know traditional jobs, yeah, use the time. I'm all for people traveling now. Granted, I see a lot of people traveling that can't afford it. And again, we're talking international travel, crazy campers and expenses. And it's like, yeah, don't do that, people travel smart, but also again, I mean, I, I'm in just an advocate of, you know, have your money, make money for you, you know, put yourself in a position where you don't even have to think, you know, think about what your next bill is going to be. And you, I think you can enjoy life a lot more. I'll give myself that. I do have a lifestyle. Now, again, I've kind of taken it to the extreme, but it's pretty nice having financial freedom where it's like, yeah, I could, fucking go to Africa tomorrow and travel or whatever you know obviously it's my son is going to take priority now and any travel we do will be together but it's cool to be in a position where you know when it comes to stuff like that I don't have to worry now granted it's easy to spend money so and especially having the kids so I'm gonna keep hustling and I'm I got that extra hustle on now so keep creating keep learning how, like different ways to make money looking for different opportunities like this I mean, that's that's life but you got to hustle man like i've been i know you've been at it since early this morning and i've been at it since early this morning that's that's what you need you need to have that mindset you know traveling go and enjoy your life go have drinks with your friends go travel just be smart like keep that in mind being like man i don't want to be a slave to a company or to something for the rest of my life you know so
0: 100% i think for me Doing this is I've always liked to be busy. First of all, I'm not a very lazy person. I can be if I really... <laughs> like we all can do. It's
1: <laughs> um, a human condition.
0: But I get into i get into this place where I'm like, man, get up at 5 a.m. I love it. It takes me like maybe two, two and a half, three minutes to actually like wake up, wake up. But once I'm awake, I'm a fucking wake. And then just going to work, sitting there and I'm talking to people, doing my fucking job, whatever. And then I work out and then going out and working again. It's something about knowing I'm being very productive for the future. Everything I'm doing is building for the future. That excites me. And I think I could be wrong. I could be making this making this completely up. I think most people right now are only focused on the work that they're doing is just for right now. Oh, absolutely. Like we say we say live in the moment, which is true, 100%. You have to live in the moment, but realize that the work That you're doing is actually for your future so if you live in the moment right now like we are this helps you out better in the future as well because in the future you're just going to be living in the moment constantly it's going to be such a (laughs) it's going to be such a, a good thing for you but also remember that the job that you're doing the job that you may hate you can always look for another job find that job but that job that you hate is also helping you build for the future yeah I sound like I rambled a lot on
1: that. No, that was good, but, man. I mean, that's <laughs> it's it's a mix of everything. You know, I I was doing everything simultaneously. I mean, I was like thinking about my future financially, but I never thought of my future from a physical standpoint. I thought I was mm-hmm. invincible, like mm-hmm. fucking and doing extreme sports and just having fun, like drinking, partying. You know, I was always keeping my future in mind, but because I I really pursued the dopamine so heavily It did fuck me physically and, and uh, financially. And of course I have a kid now too. I mean, you seek these pleasures too much. Even with my financial education, I still got tripped up. You know, I got Mm -hmm. tripped up pretty hard, honestly. I definitely made some poor decisions in my twenties. I mean, not just with the kid. And again, I actually don't think that's a poor decision. I think that'll turn out to be a great blessing in my life, but Mm -hmm. it's. You know, everyone I was talking to at the gym today, it was funny because, you know, they're asking how my kid is and everything else. And I'm like, oh, it's good. But, you know, I ultimately, especially to a lot of younger people at the gym, it's like I don't want to see you guys fall in the same trap I did. You know, whatever your background you come from, it's so easy to hit hit the easy button, to go on dating apps, to fucking spend on Amazon like crazy, get into credit card debt. Just hit that dopamine lever like, fuck it. Who cares? Mm. I'm going to live for right now. Again, we always talk about pull weight. You got to have hope like mm-hmm. what well, you have. You got to have hope, man. I mean, you, again, you're one of the best people I've ever met, Oh man. I appreciate it. I no, you saved my life, man. I mean, like looking <laughs> at someone with it. hope. And again, I, I I look at my friends that grew up like how I did. Dude, they don't have a lot of hope, man. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like they see the world as I do because they were given the same opportunity. So they're just like, oh, shit, like this is an absurd carbon meat suit. And mm-hmm. Like just a compilation of atoms. I'll go out and throw it around and have fun. Fuck, have fun. And it's like, it catches up to him. You know, I got a buddy that was in the hospital last year with a cirrhotic liver. I got, I had a friend over last night that, you know, really nice, nice guy, same age as me. And I could tell he just wanted to talk. Lonely dude, mm-hmm. single dude, smart. And um, no one has the solutions, but it's, no. yeah. This I'll, is,
0: I'll <laughs> tell you, you know, growing up with how I did, you don't have... The best concept of money. So when you start making more money, you want to spend it. You think that you have more space to spend. Yeah, because I've seen I've seen my mother do that. She got a raise or something. She would end up spending a good portion, and I was like, Yeah, yeah well, that's like, you that's gotta, a big. Yeah, you can't well, be doing that. <laughs> I was like, You got to chill out. And you know, it's it's in me to do that. So what I do is like you said, you know, shopping so much on Amazon like I'll go on Amazon and I'll fucking look dude because I'll have that urge because like making more money I'm like fuck I need to I need to spend it like I have room to spend and I'll go on Amazon dude and I'll look but I just add shit to my cart and like put it in my safe for later mm-hmm. <laughs> and that kind of kills my urge like it kind of
1: interesting so but going online is stimulating probably looking to buy stuff knowing knowing that I can afford yeah like you have the more. dollars to buy yes. x amount of goods yes mm-hmm
0: that that it, and I always think of my mother too and like mm-hmm. how I grew up I'm like all right I have this urge because I'm, I'm pretty good with money I was like I know how I beat it I'm gonna go on Amazon I'm gonna look up some really good stuff and I'm just gonna put it in my safer later and it's gonna sit there <laughs> for a very long time and on it on a, on occasions I will buy one thing from that but that's after I've built up more income to where that one thing is very insignificant mm-hmm. in like my, my finances at all and that one thing might even just be a fucking book Mm-hmm. might be a book. It might be protein. I don't fucking know. But sometimes I do. I'm sitting there. I'm like, dude, this is $20. Mm-hmm. I still have a very broke mind on how I spend money, though. And I'll look at it and be like, $20. I'm like, goddamn, $20? <laughs> what the fuck for this? For like 15 servings? Fuck that. Save for later. Oh. And whenever mm-hmm. I have excess $20 to spend, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go do it. That's how I broke my urge. It might be different for some other people. And now...
1: And you kind of know what I always talk about with everyone there. You, obviously, you and probably Sophia the most, uh, because you guys kind of listen to me more, is like, I want you to start thinking of money as a tool. So like, instead of buying anything on Amazon, you take all of the money and you start having it make money for you. Now that could be obviously equities, it can be real estate, it can be any investment you you know well of, you know, and that's what you want to learn. Or you can obviously hire like a professional to invest your money as well. That's the real power in money is that it's literally saving as much as humanly possible to use to make passive income. So then when you're sitting right here, you know, making this podcast on making money doing nothing, you know, that's kind of the goal you want to be at. It's very hard to do and you need to accumulate a lot of dollars to do so. And then you kind of move money around based on what assets are doing what and what you know. Obviously, we all know I do like cars, real estate, and well, right now I've pretty much sold all the equities. We're recording. Let's see. You guys can see if I'm an idiot or not. It's uh, I've sold more or less all my equities because I think we just go into a leg lower. I know the market got beat up today, but – and so it's all in like high-yield savings and CDs now. Four to six percent is what I'm getting on my money because I'm like, am I going to take the risk in equities – when exactly how you you describe money is how I think eighty percent of the population thinks of it. If that's how most people are living with this crazy inflation, yeah. I don't see the spending being able to keep up. Now again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the the stock market just rips. But either way, I'm getting four to six percent now on that those same dollars. So I'm still making money. Like if it if there was no other options to be in right now, I would just have stayed in equities. So, but you know that what I just said is probably like foreign language to. Most Americans, I would
0: oh. say. 100% <laughs> sir. So. No, but I think that's that's how most people are. The more money that they're making, they think that, oh, I'm able to afford more. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you're just going to end up living the exact fucking same. That's as what's going to happen. And so I, I definitely, for myself, growing up, growing up anyway, if I had extra money, I would always save it because... My mom might need it for like some type of bills or something like that I'd be like yeah, yeah, of course she ever came and asked me for money for cigarettes. That was always a no I was she'll sit here and tell you the exact same thing. I remember one time she came in because I used to hide my money because my sister was a thief um I used to <laughs> I used to hide my money throughout the house in random places and my mom was the only person that knew where it was at but she would always come up and she would be like, hey, you think I can have like ten dollars for like a pack of cigarettes She already knew what the fucking answer was gonna be. I'd be like, no, that's not good for your health. I was like, that's not doing anything for us. I was like, if you need it for like a bill or something, of course. You don't have to ask me to take it. Just tell me that you took it for this purpose. And I trust my mom. My mom was very honest with me, I believe. I do remember there was, I had a roommate who was my age now, 27, when I was living up in Steamboat. And he had some problems. He was a severe alcoholic. He was not good with finances at all. He would constantly be late on rent, but not because, not because, you know, work was hard for him or anything like that. It's because he was awful with money. Hmm. He was, he was working two jobs and in Steamboat, you have to work two jobs. I was working two jobs and he would go to the liquor store every night. He would buy a a new bottle. I think the dude's, I think he's a good dude. I think he's a good dude. I'm not talking shit on him, but he would buy a new bottle every night. And he would buy weed constantly. I would I would get up in the morning, get ready to go to work. And I used to work at like six, seven o'clock in the morning. And he'd be sitting on the couch smoking weed. I'd be like, hey, dude, you working later today? Like, I didn't know if he was like puffing before he went to work. He was like, no, nah, man, I called in. I was like, all right. So I go to work, get off of there at like noon, one o'clock, go to the gym. And I worked at the gym. And as soon as I got out working out, I went to work there. And I worked there until 11 o'clock. And I get home, motherfucker, still on the couch smoking weed. Bottle of Hennessy is pretty much gone—a whole bottle of Hennessy. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And he—I remember he would ask me. He would be like, "Hey, man, can I get so and so to like help cover for rent or whatever?" And I'll pay you back or whatever. And I would—I'd be like, "Yeah." If he ever asked me like, "Can I get this much?" I'd be like, "What do you need it for?" I <laughs> was always like, "What do you need it for?" Sometimes it was alcohol. Sometimes it was help cover rent, which I was like, "Okay." Cool. And then one time he asked me, cause he asked me so much, he knew what I was going to ask him. Mm-hmm. He's like, Hey man, can I get this much? And don't ask me what I need it for. Just give it to me. And I was like, I was like, that's not how this fucking works, dog. Like, this is my money I work for. And you just want to go smoke weed or drink alcohol. I was like, you're not getting it. I'm sorry. And he would constantly have to ask his mom to help him cover for rent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, again, I don't think he's a bad person. I mean, It's just that he was very immature. If he was like struggling with work and like he was trying to do shit and work wasn't going good and he was getting as much hours as he could. And he was actually working himself. Dude, I would have had no problem helping him pay most of his rent the entire time I was there. But it's the fact that he wasn't actively doing anything besides spending it mm-hmm. and then not working for anything.
1: Oh, damn. I mean, again, he's one of millions though, mm-hmm. to live just like that you know, it never made any sense to me, but I grew up, how I grew up, you know, I was like, oh, you seem to have a higher quality of life. If you have money, you don't spend it all. You make more than you spend and you use it to make money for you. Then you don't have to work as hard to make the money. So, you know, that was always my attitude towards it, but again, it's not taught. It's literally something you kind of observe. You learn from the people around you and you behave accordingly. It's like the phones, man. It's just, we're given a certain stimulus and People learn how to use them. Obviously, I used uh, the dating apps to fuck and (laughs) Craigslist to find cars, fix them, and sell them. Like it's crazy. I mean, it it, it's literally created its own industry.
0: It's created the laziest society in the world when it comes to anything. Dating these days, lazy. No, it's dude. It's so fucking lazy. It's the there's minimal effort put in in actual dating. So when you are a person who actually puts in a lot of effort. It's it's almost pointless because they they don't want you to put in all that fucking effort. They well, don't people want, you. want
1: their rights and freedoms, yeah. so they want to be individuals. They're worried about
0: that, so yeah, they're more worried about how they look to others than they are how the relationship is going. They they only That's part of it. They yeah. are really only concerned with like, oh my gosh, let's post a picture together so we fucking look good. But I'm gonna be a fucking bitch to you all fucking day, <laughs> we're not gonna talk. We're not gonna have deep conversation. I don't know fucking shit about you. Fucking Christ.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure that's happening, but I, I do believe. <laughs> yeah. you no, know, I mean, for our generation, it's more we become so highly individualistic that mm-hmm. we don't need each other. Men and women, just because, you know, women make their own money. They're CEOs of companies. They're, I mean, they're they're killing it. They're actually outperforming men right mm-hmm. now. And, of course, so, I mean, the more, especially the more women outperform men, I mean, the more single people will be. There'll be very successful polygamous males and then a bunch of lonely single men, which is, you know, very dangerous for society. Mm-hmm. Just trust me, pulling myself off that stuff is so hard. I just want to, dude, there's nothing like new girls. Like any guy I've talked to that's kind of married po- like pre all the internet craze and swiping and all that, which is a lot of people I know. Every man is like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like what I'm doing is phenomenal. Yeah. Like I'm a God basically. And I'm like motherfuckers, like I'm not a God, trust me. It's, it's f- as awesome as it sounds, trust me, but it, I have my own problems. Mm-hmm. It's not like I escaped some hack or something like that. It was, oh shit, like I'm fucking addicted to this. Mm-hmm. I can't, I just want to fuck new girls all the time now. Like one girl isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just a different wheel, guys. Uh, I I hate to say it, yeah. but it's true.
0: I would definitely tell people if you're one of those guys, I can like get some, mm-hmm. turn it down. Yeah, no, turn it down. It, oh, well, it'll catch up to you.
1: I mean, yeah. if you're in your twenties right now, guys, like, trust me, you're going to look in your thirties and be like, Oh
0: man, like Eric was right. This shit did catch up yeah. to me. I'm not saying turn it down every time.
1: Yeah. It's not, I'm not saying go be celibate, yeah. but it's like, man, you got to like, for someone like me as successful as I was on dating apps, it's like, you got to chill on that. Mm-hmm. Guys that know how to present themselves well, go out. And again, if you want to go fuck, fuck it. Take risk rejection. Because yeah. it's tough. Like, honestly, walking around and facing rejection, it takes it to another level. So the only way I'll meet anybody nowadays is to ask me in person. I will not use the internet. I got it. I use Snapchat. I use the internet. I get that I'm desirable enough as a guy. It would, it's very easy for me to pull. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's phenomenal, man, what the internet did. Of course, this was like a finance episode turning into,
0: what, well, Neck? where we always end up turning uh, into. less <laughs> Neck, more tech. It's
1: er. But it's
0: just the flow of the conversation. It's created an extremely lazy society, like I said. I mean, fucking, before we came down here and fucking recorded this, fucking Chick-fil-A fucking delivers. (laughs) What the hell is that? And I was talking to you about how we remember when the only place that ever delivered was fucking pizza joints. Mm -hmm. And now everybody, Chick-fil-A, has their own fucking delivery service. What the
1: fuck? Again, that costs money. It's like extra dollars. So it's great for these big businesses, but it's terrible for the average American. Mm -hmm. It's like Chick-fil-A is like two blocks away from my house. Like get your ass up and and go get it. Now I get if you're like drunk or something like that. Like, yeah, it's these services aren't bad. It's we don't need to rely so heavily on just everything. Again, obviously technology is our main focus because it's the craziest stimulus we have. But I mean, we've just become so numb as people. I mean it's scary. And again, it's just taking money from our pockets. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what it is.
0: So it's ruined our communication. Communication skills are have dwindled significantly. Significantly. I mean, if you're just somebody who can actually hold a conversation, Jesus Christ, good on you. Because most people can't hold a fucking conversation these days. I mean, that's probably why I hang out with like older people, is because they know how to fucking communicate. (laughs) Talking to most of these younger people is a fucking nightmare (laughs) for me. Not all of them. There's some good yeah, ones. Yeah, Calvin, yeah. Sophia, those are good ones. Yeah. But I mean, there's some other ones. It's just like, fuck. Like yeah. if, if they're not texting, there's no way they're able to have a conversation in person. Yeah.
1: I mean, dude, you just see it at the gym, man. Everyone's buried in their phones. And it's like, these are the greatest extractors. This every time someone's looking down. You know, I saw a girl today. Uh, you recognize her. She was on Tinder. And I was like, <gasps> I wanted, I should have said something. I was like warming up. And I was like, oh my God, this girl's on fucking Tinder right now. Just swiping. I wonder when the last time a guy like asked her out is. I'll point her out. I bet she'll be there midday. She's kind of there random times. Okay. Even though she's probably not paying for the subscription, she's still part of the cyclone. Like you have men so desperate. And again, not, she's a cute girl, like, you know, um, but I can't even, I was like looking at her and I'm like, oh my God, I bet she has like 10,000 men in there. She's pretty young. I'm, I, my guess is early twenties. I'm just like, fuck, like that is so crazy. All these men paying the subscription, $25 a month, we'll call or whatever the fuck it is just to like hopefully get a shot at her and I guarantee you a guy like me hasn't just gone and like hey what's your name my name's Eric nice to meet you and it's funny watching her do that it was like I just turned off immediately yeah.
0: it's like I would never date a girl like that her, her perception of reality is so skewed yeah. now well yeah. I mean I was talking to this girl from this weekend who's my age I, know, I was asking her I was like when's the last time a guy actually went up to you and asked you out and she was like there was a guy recently But this is the first guy in like a long ass fucking time. And she was like, it was refreshing because he came up with complete confidence. He looked like he was 14. So (laughs) she was like, I I turned him down. (laughs) But I I told him, I was like, I appreciate you coming up and doing this. That's good. And it takes a lot of confidence. I was like, you know, it's really good to let him down that way because Mm -hmm. now he's going to feel good about actually approaching women Mm -hmm. in a respectful way. With that confidence mm-hmm. instead of being like, "Ooh, oh, my God, what? Why are you talking to me? That's why that's why none of these guys are come up fucking talking to you. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you shoot them down like that. It's like, damn, the next yeah. girl is going to do the exact same thing. Or shoot a be down. A video with, or yeah.
1: whatever. Yeah. 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 That's true.
0: It's not creepy for a man to come up and talk to you unless yeah. he is actually being a creep. Yeah. You know the difference. You know the difference. Definitely a big difference. Men, you know the difference, too. Don't be a fucking creep. You know what being a creep is. Don't be a fucking creep.
1: Be respectful. Be nice. And girls be the same. Yes, because it'll make it better. I mean, then more men will approach you. You you will stop bitching about how bad the dating scene is. I can mm-hmm. promise you that if you do less swiping, more leg guys approach you. But mm-hmm. trust me, like what I saw today, just the girls swiping through. It's like I don't think I'd approach her either way. But I, it's like I that just made me like extra like I won't approach you. Where it's like nope. And again, I've I've looked at girls dating apps and. I look at them and I look at them in the face and I say, I would not date you because of the stimulus. And I could see it. I could see it in their eyes and and how they talk and think. told you earlier about, you know, on Netflix, there's a a new series and long story short, they had a short clip of one of the workers for the show. And she was talking about how like abysmal, like, oh, online, like dating is so bad today. Like I'm on Hinge and whatever. I'm like, well, you realize you, you being on all this stuff is creating the problem. My sister on it, me on it, you on it. It's this huge driver. I mean, these, these are multi-billion dollar companies. They don't give a fuck about you finding love. They care about you using the app. Trust me, do, you don't think I want to use that shit? I'd love to use Tinder and meet some fucking single mom in Longmont. I guarantee you I could. Or Cheyenne or fucking Greeley, whatever. No rejection, casual sex, fun, hit and quit. Just call it good. And it's like, man, we we got to all pull our heads out of our asses. That's, that's our first financial tip. Stop fucking paying for subscription fucking services to dating sites or fucking other junk that you don't need. Mm-hmm. It's like, there we go. That's a good way to save money. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll tell you for this. Uh, the main reason why, because I thought about deleting it a couple of weeks ago, all of the dating sites. But the main reason why I'm on it is for true experiment right now. Because I've never once met a single person off of there. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe this weekend, I'll fucking actually meet somebody. Yeah, I'm curious to see what your experience is. And I'm very curious too, because, like, this, again, this is gonna be the very first time I've ever met somebody off of a dating app. And so, and we've been talking, and the conversations have been pretty good. I don't think they've been dull at all. I've been asking questions like I fucking do. I could have a fucking conversation with a fucking (laughs) dead body. Okay. And I'm kind of curious to see if the conversation translates there too because like for me it's not going to be a problem but i'm curious for her if she's going to be mm. able to keep yeah. the conversation
1: because she's so used to using the dating apps exactly. and meeting men and again i sure you're not the only guy she's talking to
0: no there's no, 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 tons no. of men you know that and i know I this HR, and okay. i know this Good. again because <laughs> i'm not really using this as well, trying to date yeah but i mean like if it's okay it's, I create it's a friend okay i think it's
1: okay yeah. It's being aware of that's what you're, yeah. you're up against. And I just think it's such a losing game as a man. Like if you're really trying to date, I get what you're trying to do. And again, for you, kudos to you, because, you know, you could be blowing backs out left and right
0: and just calling it good, but. Contain myself. Yeah, but you've never had that top, that sloppy top. <laughs> <laughs> I try to have respect for um, for myself in that way. That's good. No, that's... I
1: mean, yeah, that's good. Trust (laughs) me. I'm not trying to say, yeah, you're you're missing out on a lot of dopamine, but not a lot of fulfillment after. Mm. That's what you're missing out on. You can see it. I mean, you're looking at a man that you know has had
0: his mind blown to the fucking moon. I mean, you're in my... head. (laughs) (laughs) You're <laughs> in my head sometimes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, at this point, that's good. And at it this good point, in a positive yeah. way, I hope. That's fucking dope. At this that's, point, that's I haven't good. had sex in seven months. That's awesome. I, that's what I'm shooting for, man. And it's not because I couldn't. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've had a yeah, couple yeah, you, opportunities. had plenty of opportunities. <laughs> but it's it's just trying to be more self aware of what it potentially could cause. Because I know, one, I'm a hypersexual person. Mm hmm. And I could go down that rabbit hole of, fuck, man, that felt so good. And then just be like, fuck, all right, call up this girl and connect with her and just fucking you, that shit. Yeah, and you'll, you get addicted to it. Man. I, I know. And that's yeah. why <laughs> it's not like I'm not going to have sex again. It's not like I'm trying to go fucking two years or whatever without mm-hmm. sex. It's just right now in this moment, I am trying to contain myself. And, not, and I don't want to fuck up any girl's life either.
1: Yeah, and again, I would argue they would say you're not going to. This is just a new norm, but it, that's where, you know, obviously we come in and say sex is very, so different for men and women that that's just not true. Like well, men, yeah. you, you I guarantee you, you could walk away fine. I've walked away fine every time. Yeah. The girls don't. They don't walk away fine, especially if they're a guy they really want to be with. Then it's really hard for them to walk if away. If
0: you're with. actually out there, like you're able to carry a conversation and you're Uh, a nice dude you can slay it's like (laughs) they they start falling for you before you even have sex with them yeah and then when you have sex with them it's it's a whole other thing yeah it's more emotions and it's like i don't want to do that to you because this is not what it was for me this is just me being me Mm -hmm. because you know like you can smash and just be like oh shit okay cool, it's fine yeah
1: but it's that's awesome you have the awareness that it's like it ain't the fucking same because I, I truly believed when i was in my 20s that it was the same Really, until late 20s i was like man this is great i mean it was like you know new girls all the time and all these you know i didn't know who like half their names were it was fucking crazy what tinder and all those apps allowed to happen and it's you know and the movement of just being like oh yeah we're all equal and the same and obviously both me you know, my mom was a federal judge my dad was a fucking divorce attorney like my perception was men and women really were the same. No one had any sex talk with me about how we're different or anything else. So if that's your perception going in along with the current movements, because, you know, I think women want that to be the same for them, but it's fucking not. And I'm
0: living proof that it's not. You know, I think a couple of years ago, because I was hooking up with this girl. And I was talking to my mom and I was just telling her, I was like, oh, it's just just a a little fling or whatever. And she was like, you know, D, you know, the sex is more emotional for women. So what you think is just a fling for you is not really a fling for her. She's got some type of connection to you. And I was like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my mom telling me if I'm listening to somebody, I'm listening to my mother, who's a woman, obviously. So she knows (laughs) what it's like to be with somebody in an intimate way. And so I was like, oh, shit. I think that was the first time where I've really thought about that. And then seeing you, I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't be out here doing anything like that." So
1: well, good for you, man. Yeah, I'm not doing it, not doing it either, man. Yeah, but good it's for you, motherfucker. It's hard because <laughs> that's a night you didn't, you've never had that. Like fuck, I mean, again, every guy I talked to is like, man, like double head, like all the shit I've done, mm-hmm. sex clubs and shit. It's fucking as stimulating as it is. But trust me, by the time I was yeah 31. That's when it like really started shutting down for me, even when I would do things. I mean, obviously it got to a point, you've heard my stories where I've had girls come over and then I tell them to go home more or less. Don't have sex, just be like, I can't do this. I know like I'll smash, nut and walk away fine. And that it's, we're just not, because we are so different, because our sexual strategies are opposing, because women do carry children, it's hard to walk away from a guy that you can really see yourself being with. I've learned that. You know, I'm, I realize I'm not I'm not the only one. There's lots of guys out there, and mm-hmm. for all of those guys out there, just fucking just be mindful of that shit, man. I know we're all feeding into the movement. Trust me, and it's great for the top ten percent of men, but long term, it creates problems. It, it creates a lot of problems. So
0: yeah, we definitely jump from <laughs> finances, <laughs> like always. <laughs> it ties in though. I mean, because yeah. it's
1: responsibility. I mean, yes, yeah. you know if. My finances would be better if I didn't have it. You know, if I didn't go down those rabbit holes, mm-hmm. my finances, not that I'm in a bad place for someone that's 32 going on 33, but I could be in a better place. I could have more stability in my life, financially, emotionally, physically. So it's just a good lesson for everyone coming up is that you got you have to start retraining your brain that if you are going to use technology learn learn a new skill there's so much information youtube has been shown to actually be a positive that's really the only thing i consume now youtube university yeah i mean just there's tons of things on like finances how to invest you know just the basics of what what's a stock what's a bond i mean you can look all that stuff up mm-hmm. um very easily so for, you know, you guys that watch a lot of porn like I was, that's a good substitute that I like to do. If you don't know about some of the stuff we're talking about, look it up. Google investing, mm-hmm. you know, Google anything. I mean, again, it's, it's really cool that if you train your brain like, nah, like I don't need to look at fat ass and tits right now. Maybe I can learn a new skill. Yeah. We're, we can retrain ourselves to use the technology more responsibly. Yeah. I mean, what I think about is
0: changing our life algorithm.
1: Yeah, that's fucking dope. That's,
0: I like that. (laughs) Thank you, sir. You just came up with it. You just made me think (laughs) of it. I like that. (laughs) Well, because it's true because we're able to change our algorithm on Instagram and like TikTok. And I've, I've actively changed my algorithm. What I liked, all motivational cooking. Most of my shit is like cooking shit funny videos I have like no women shaking their ass (laughs) online. no it's true because at first I did at first I did and I was like oh fuck dude I don't want to see this on time like I know it's not good for me and so I just started liking funny fucking videos and food I love food and like fitness shit. And then now you just have to change your life algorithm. Change what you're putting in front of your face. Mm-hmm. You don't like you said, get on Google and search the finance shit that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Search all that. Learn well, new interest, yeah, yeah. Whatever
1: interests you. I mean, if you're going to use it,
0: like use I'll it probably,
1: game. yeah, watch something tonight. You know, I just am going to be like, well, it's just not going to be porn. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's just like it's not going to be porn. It's going to be something either semi-educational or, or whatever you know, I got a lot to do tomorrow and uh, maybe I got some continuing education stuff I need to finish for my personal training license, like stuff like that. So. Yeah.
0: You know, you know the question I would pose to people is how are you going to change your life algorithm? What do you need to do to change your life algorithm? What are the steps? Less tech. More neck. Till next week. Yes, sir. I've been Devante. And this is Eric. Let's take more neck. Mm. Y'all hear what I say Let's take my neck For your mother and your brother We're gonna hear from Eric and Devontae. It's strange times And these are strange days And it's strange people Living strange ways So expect Let's take my neck